Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Your host, Andrew Musk here, joined by John Gibson. And it's time for the first match preview of the 2022-23 campaign. Newcastle, welcome Nottingham Forest to St. James's Park for a good old three o'clock kickoff on Saturday afternoon. And John, just how excited are you for the return of the Premier League? Oh, terrifically so. Uh, and especially so this season, because I can't remember the last... Uh, eve of a season when I was excited because we tend to remember how last season ended but we've also got to remember how it started and there wasn't a lot of excitement when it started and there certainly wasn't excitement when we went 14 games without a win Mm. so it it is a totally different mood going into the season and that was shown by the two gates in the pre-season friendlies 40 and 45,000 I mean it was absolutely incredible and this is a sellout of course Highly, highly excited, tying mankles down to the uh, to the floor, not to take off. Uh, and that's the next question. We've got to take off. Will we take off? Uh, we can't afford a slow start. Uh, Forest is an ideal start, or as ideal as it gets, because we know before the month is out, we've got Manchester City and Liverpool. So there's no ifs or buts. We've got to get off to a good start. What are you most looking forward to? I'm About most, Saturday specifically. Yeah, I'm most looking forward to Newcastle winning and being able to sit back after last season of 14 games w- without a victory to get that monkey off our back on the first day of the season. I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to seeing Newcastle continue where they left off, i.e., the last home Premier League game against Arsenal was by far the best display of the season in terms of pressure and power and what they brought to play over the whole 90 minutes. They had done it in little spells on other days, but this was over the whole 90 minutes. They stopped single-handedly Arsenal getting into the Champions League. That's how good they were on the day. Callum Wilson was sensational without scoring. Um, he was absolutely sensational and I want to see another display like that display I did ask fans to write in and tell me what they're most looking forward to about Saturday and I've got quite a few Mm. responses Uh, Davy Craig tweeted me to say not the Davy Craig not the Davy Craig Uh, he tweeted me to say he's looking forward to seeing lots of friends before the match and seeing the teams come out of the tunnel for the start of the new season, greeted by thousands of flag-waving, cheering fans. Yep. We had BBNUFC saying, I'm looking forward to everything, literally everything. It's been quite a few years since I've been over, and I can't wait to be in the stadium seeing the statues, the flags, and what about the city and be part of the atmosphere. Uh, he says he doesn't even care what the result of the game is. Oh, 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 uh, I wouldn't go that. I've agreed with everything said so far, but <laughs> not that bit. I'm not too sure where he or she is coming from but welcome to Tyneside and I hope it is a, a wonderful weekend for you and uh, Lely says he or she is getting excited just to get a sense of how the team will play and I guess that's the one of the key things isn't it John we, we what we saw last season was Eddie Howe coming in and trying to put fires out it yeah. took a little bit yeah of a while to do that and then we saw what Eddie Howe's team is all about but He's had a full pre-season now. He's had a yeah. full pre-season to get them 
up to fitness, up to sharpness, not just any level of sharpness or fitness, but up to the Eddie Howe standard. We know mm-hmm. his teams are built on running, built on closing down, built on making sure that these players have got the stamina to last 90 minutes. And then also, you know, he's had this summer to work on the way he wants to play. So we're going to probably get to see a, a, a totally different side of this Newcastle where they've had a full pre-season to work with the manager. Sure. I mean, Bachman has come out this week and said that... Um, the level of intensity in training, he wasn't talking about pre-season matches, he was talking about in training, absolutely shocked him. And, and comparing it, shocked and comparable to playing league games in France. So that tell you, and, and by the way, that is so with the Premier League, the quality Premier League sides press from the front. They've got to put in a lot of mileage, a lot of work rate, etc., etc., And it's shocked even someone like Bachman. So, um, yes, it has been totally different. And um, we're waiting to see what that produces at the end. If it just produces more of 2022, we would be more than happy. I'm talking about results-wise because I think if, if you take 2022 of last season... If we had replicated that over the full season, we would have been six top. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're going to be six top this year, anything but. But that's the sort of outstanding form we had results-wise, and we're looking for that. We're looking for a bit more on performances, because until Arsenal, it was patchy. We would have a terrific half an hour, would have a terrific 35 minutes in the second half or whatever. Against Arsenal, we had a terrific 90 minutes, and that would be... Terrific to replicate again. The fitness side of things, I mean, Callum Wilson came out last season and said they weren't fit when they started the season. Absolutely. It's going to be totally different this time around. And it sounds a daft question, but how important is that, that they start Saturday at a level of fitness that they just they just didn't have when they kicked off mm. against West Ham last season? And it's not only important, and as you say, when you said it sounds like a daft question, that's because it sounds obvious that a level of fitness is important. But if you also want to play the Eddie Howe way, you've got to be super fit. If you're going to press from the front right away and, and close people down, you've got to not be blown out your back uh, after an hour. Um, you've got to be able to sustain that sort of pressure for the full game and you've got to be fit to be able to do that. And um, all the good sides are that. Liverpool are that, Manchester City are that. To close down quickly, the Harris, uh, and and if you don't, you're relegation for it. And um, yes, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. I'm very optimistic. I'm looking forward immensely to the season but I don't think the jigsaw's complete. And I would like it to have been completed before the season starts. I'm talking about the transfer window. Um, but that's asking for your cake and eating it. Um, I know that, but if, why can't I? We're greedy lads, as Jordis. We would like our cake and eat it. I would like a couple more through the door. If this Saturday marked the end of the transfer deadline, and it doesn't, we've got till September the 1st. But if it did, I would be not satisfied. Yes, well, you know, we're recording this on the Thursday before the Saturday. It doesn't look like Newcastle will sign another player born a miracle, but I'm sure all eyes will be on the director's box to see if they can spot anyone sitting next to Dan Ashworth. Of course, everyone will be on the lookout for James Madison. Leicester also, of course, kick off this Saturday, <laughs> so everyone will be looking at that Leicester site to see if he's in the start sure. 11 or the squad. 
Just sure. on James Madison, what's your feeling on that? Would that be a good signing for oh, Newcastle? Be a fabulous signing. It would be an absolute statement of intent. Because I think, uh, as I've mentioned before, this guy scored 18 goals in all competitions last season at 15 assists. That's normally two players. You normally buy two players to get that. You buy a centre-forward that scores 18 goals in a season. That's a great record for a centre-forward, never mind an attacking midfielder. And you buy a playmaker that gives you 15 assists in a season. Can you imagine getting them in one package, which is what... Madison would be, if Madison leaves Leicester, whoever get him, whether it's us, whether it's Arsenal, or whether it's Spurs, are getting a cracking player. Well, there's another another point there. You know, Newcastle signing Madison for me would represent a huge step forward in their plan and progression. Absolutely, no question about that. Leicester, and I've mentioned this previously on the podcast, for me is where Newcastle need to be aiming in terms of how the club approaches the Premier League, the players they sign, the manager. You know. Newcastle have got a lot of those elements now, but I thought it would take a couple of years to get to, mm. to try and to battle in the top six. And I think signing Madison would just represent jumping maybe a couple of steps in, in the plan of progression. Well, when I was lucky enough to be around you in the entertainers era, when uh, John Hall was providing the cash in, and Kevin Keegan was spending it, uh, that buzz was there all the time. You wondered where the next signing would come from. And every signing, you thought, crikey, this has taken us another step, another step forward. I mean, when you when you sign a, a little kid from Bristol, uh, playing in Bristol, called Andy Cole, and he scores 41 goals in a season, and then you say, I can get you a better centre-forward than that, and you sign Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer, you're making massive, massive steps but forward. the players you mentioned there, you know, signing Les Ferdinand, he was a well-established striker. Of course, Alan Shearer was. But that came, that wasn't no. as quick as this has happened if they sign Madison. But, you no, know, but, but we signed great players that weren't well-established. People didn't know who David Ginola was out of France, the, the ordinary English oh, no, but, people. But, that, but that's my point. Everyone knows who Madison is. So you're looking at that, you Correct. mentioned that's space. why it would be a point like yeah. entertainment. You see... Uh, Botman was a terrific signing uh, Bruno was a terrific signing but there weren't household names in this country neither was Philip Albert neither was Ginola when they signed to become what those two lads will become but Madison is your Ferdinand Madison is that type of fully established player um, and who would bring an awful lot he is not playing in either position we n- know that Newcastle United have been desperate this window to fail which is centre forward and right wing he plays neither but you're getting two players in one he, you're getting a bloke that can actually play in the side the way it's set up now this is when Callum Wilson is fit and you don't have to change your system, i.e. to play two centre-forwards, two strikers, which Eddie Howe's you're looking to. You're putting goals on the side, playing in exactly the same system, because you're putting Madison in, where Willock and, and Bruno uh, and players of that ilk have been so far. So you stick with your system, but you're putting an 18-goal man in the side as it stands now. If you buy an 18-goal centre-forward you've got a problem because you've got to then rejig the way Newcastle play or you've got to leave Wilson out or you've got to bench the 18-goal man. There's complications. There's no complication with this one. You mentioned there in the first point about Madison, whether he might go to Arsenal, whether he might go to Spurs. Just just take a moment and and 
taking the sentence that you, you uttered there in your castle, leading the way for a top player and competition-wise, it's Arsenal or Spurs, and yet they are leading the way for that signature. Absolutely. Well, it's terrific. It's also frightening because that's where we could lose them to. Uh, you know, if if Leicester have got to sell, and I believe they've got to sell somebody, and financially, I think Leicester have peaked. The great club that we wanted to follow and we could see us being the same as them because of where they came from. They weren't one of the top six. They won the Premier League Championship. They won the FA Cup. They won the Community Shield, if you like. We've still got to beat some very good opposition in the final. Eh? Um, but they've peaked. They look as if something's gone wrong there. I'm not bothered to find out what it is because it's not my club. But all of a sudden, financially, they they're in a bit of trouble. They are not able. They've never bought this uh, summer. Uh, they can't. They've got financial problems. All the vultures are sniffing around. Madison is wanted by people. Tielemans is wanted by by people. Harvey Barnes is wanted by people. Schmeichel was wanted by people. Fontana, the centre halfs, wanted by the club. The vultures are sniffing around because they know how vulnerable they are. And they will... Brendan Rodgers must be sick as a, as a parrot because he thought this club was doing what we think Newcastle United's about to do. Uh, he's going to have to bite the bullet and allow one of his top players because nobody wants you also, Vans. It's one of your top players. He's going to have to sell one of them. We would like it to be Madison and we would like Madison to want to come here. Uh, but... Spurs would be huge competition for us. For goodness sake, they're in, they're in Europe. They're the club. They are. Conte's got them looking as if they'll win trophies, which they have never won for yonks under all the managers that there's been before. So that the, the, even if they let him go, it's far from certain that he automatically then packs his bag and comes to St James's Park. What we would hope is that we might hold. Um, uh, a trump card as far as Leicester's concerned with doing a deal um, I said in my piece in the Chronicle this week Newcastle won't get Madison for 45 million because let's be truthful take take our biasness out of it Madison's worth more than 45 million if 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 Joe Linton was worth 40 million as a non-scoring centre forward which is what he was when we bought him this guy's only worth five million more and he scores 18 goals from midfield and 15 assists. I don't think so. And I don't think Newcastle think that either. They're just trying it on. And and you do. Mm, shy Ben's getting out. Aye, and also they're, they're under pressure. But other people will try it on as well. The only hope we've got, they, I'm talking about dealing with Leicester, not the player, is that they might decide they need to buy in a goalkeeper because Schmeichel's gone and only made a million because he's 35. But what a great goalkeeper he's been in his time and what a great servant to them. But they may need a goalkeeper they're supposed to be interested in Dubrovka. He may well come into the picture as a part exchange to make some cash up, some leeway up. And how much money do they still owe on Perez that can be written off, uh, which would create another lever from our point of view so there's all sort of levers but they're in cash terms so we'd have to put more than 45 down or forget about it mm -hmm. because believe you me Arsenal or Spurs will put more than 45 down 
Yep, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. And we have our daily live blog up and running on chroniclelive.co.uk. So do head over and keep an eye on that. Of course, we are focusing on the other East Midlands side, and that is yep. Nottingham Forest. Yep. You mentioned earlier in the show, John, that this is kind of the ideal opener for Newcastle United. But is it really? Because Forest are tipped by quite a few people, including Ian Dennis, who I interviewed on the Everything is Black and White podcast, to be the surprise package this season. And then... Well, I also just think with all the excitement and anticipation that Saturday is bringing from a Newcastle point of view, I do fear that good old banana peel. I really do. Well, Jordies, we've always feared banana peel because uh, that's what's happened with Newcastle in the past. The time it didn't happen was during the entertainers, and I've got my entertainers hat back on now. I don't mean the side's as good as that. It isn't yet. But... um, Let's put it another way. What side would you would give us a greater chance of winning at home? Let's be truthful about it. These haven't been in for 23 years. They've got a terrific coach. Let's make no doubt whatsoever about the quality of Cooper. He is top of the range. But this side hasn't been in the, in the top division for 23 years. They come up unbelievably. They were this side. They probably had the worst start in Newcastle. They, in the first eight games, they lost seven and drew one last season and win promotion from a start like that. Are you kidding me? A change of manager did it, the same as Eddie Howe did it. There's a lot of comparisons, and Frank Clark's gone on about that to me because it's his two sides. There's a lot of comparisons between Cooper and Howe. But, like it or not, it's tough enough to come here, but seven of the 11 that played at... Wembley in the playoff victory over Huddersfield have left the club. A lot of them were on loan. They've left the club. They've brought in a dozen new players. Now, and outside of Jesse Lingard and Dean Henderson, none of them are household names, and a lot of that doesn't mean they're not good. It just means they're not known. So they're a bit of a gamble. Now, you can't play 11 new players, and they won't, incidentally, but you can't play a team of 11 new players. You may as well do make it rugby and make it the barbarians that sling together a side to play whoever. Uh, you can't do that, and it'll take time for some of these to settle in. And quite frankly, there's not a gimme match in the Premier League that's automatic but I can't think of a better start I don't want to go to Manchester City or Liverpool on the opening day or go to Spurs or go to Arsenal I don't want to do that I'll I'll take Nottingham Forest at home because if we can't beat Nottingham Forest at home with what we've got regardless of what else we might sign with what we've got then we are not as good as we hope we're going to be this season this is the match and these guys will take a little bit of time to settle in. This is a match you win. You mentioned there the players that they've brought in and they've signed. Uh, Tiro Aroni, uh, he's arrived for £15 million striker, signed from Union Berlin. Ber- now, yes. 15 goals last season for Union Berlin, but other than that, his record doesn't really stand up to much. I think he came out of Liverpool originally, didn't he? Yeah, Liverpool signed him yeah, um, yeah. Uh, for something like £400,000 and yeah, he, he, he's he been out on loan since then, signed in 2015, been out on loan and then last season he left permanently to go to Union Berlin, hit 15-31. and 31. The point being, Newcastle need a striker. Forrest have gone out and signed this, this, this well, he's not a kid at 24, is he? He's gone out, they've gone out and signed this striker who's only hit double figures once in his career, 
15 goals and it's cost him it's cost him a million quid a goal really essentially of course it if, shows you it shows you that the the, the the massive prices for for a striker doesn't it in the oh, market because they are the golden boys they are the the headliners of any team your centre forward, you know, you, you, we talk about we have number nine legends at Newcastle United. You don't have number, you don't have number two legends. You don't have right back legends. You don't have a number five legend. There's no the legends are the guys that play up top and bang in a pile of goals, which guarantees you very least no relegation and hopefully some uh, silverware. Just on 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 him, the fact that you know he's he's only scored. 15 goals in one season. Do you think it suggests that Newcastle may have to lower their expectation when it comes to signing a striker? We all want a striker who's on par with Callum Wilson, if not better. Mm. But you do look around and you think, well, you know, very few people would have heard of this chap. His record's not great. It's cost him 15 million. It's not million. bad. Did you say it's 15 and 30 odd games? So it's yeah. nearly if one I'm, every two. For that season. But you for do, that one you season. Do, you do run the risk of saying, well, is he going to be a a flash-in-the-pan sort of player. I mean, obviously, the scouts have... Of course you do. You don't know how good he's going to be in the Premier League. Totally different ball game. Yes, until he starts playing. And you won't know till about Christmas how he's settling in. He's not going to tell you in one game at Newcastle. Do you think it suggests something about what Newcastle have got to do in their search for a striker? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know how big Newcastle have set the targets anyway. I mean, the the kid they were going to get out of France is a 19-year-old kid with no sort of record because at 19 you don't have one, Uh, etc., etc. I don't think we... We haven't set our cap for a Madison-type centre-forward, have we? You, You know, Madison is a step up of anything but we haven't really tried to sign seriously tried to sign we've inquired about centre forwards of that calibre because we're not certain what we want there's the two-edged sword you know if we get a centre forward with a better record than him then he's going to cost about 30, 40, 50 million and he's going to expect to be the first name on the team sheet now is he going to be if how continues only to play with one striker. He wants that striker to be Callum Wilson. We are trying to buy security for when Callum Wilson doesn't play. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and I don't want to make this the Madison show, but that's why getting Madison to me would be wonderful because you would put goals on the side without disturbing the formation that Howe wants to play, which is one striker up top. Looking elsewhere at that Forest side, Dean Henderson was strongly linked to Newcastle, the former Manchester And Lingard, of course. And Lingard, don't worry, I'm coming on to him. Yeah, don't worry about I that. thought you might. Lewis O'Brien signed from Huddersfield. He was also strongly linked to Newcastle not too long ago. Uh, a decent little midfielder there. You have Jack Callback, of course, you know, former uh, Newcastle. The, the ginger Geordie, uh, who a lot of people have forgotten about because of all the new uh, signings coming in, but mm. he's still there. And played, he'll be involved, I think, in the match on Saturday. Definitely played a lot of games last season. He scored a wonderful goal as well, which I'm not too which sure. Which was a complete meant. fluke. Yeah. It was a wonderful goal, but he meant it as a cross. Do, uh, do search that on Twitter if you've not seen it. It definitely looked like a cross to me, but it ended up in the back of the net. And then we get on, I mean, there's Bren, Brennan Johnson as well, who scored 16 goals last season, breakthrough yeah, season, he's, a young kid. He's decent. He was already there, wasn't he? Yeah, yes. another one linked to Newcastle United as well. And then... We've been linked to everybody, we have. literally. We have. Our, our jobs have not been easy this summer. Um, Jesse Lingard, though, is probably the one everyone is is looking at, thinking if if Hollywood has got an eye on, on Saturday, then he's going to end up scoring a goal because Newcastle 
rejected the offer to take him to Tyneside. Was that the right move from Newcastle's point of view to say to Jesse Lingard, you're not the kind of player we want? Well, for a long time, he appeared to be the kind of player. Well, they wanted we him in January, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, we did. Manchester we United. did. We did. And, and he didn't go. I mean, I think the whole thing with Jesse Lingard is a strange one. Because if you look at it from the outside, with what's happened in this transfer window, he could have gone to West Ham, who were batting at the top of the table, albeit not for the title, but around the European places. You know, they've done terrific. You know, that we should do as good as them as outsiders with their nose pressed against the tuck shop window. Um, and he turns them down for what looks like a relegation fight with Nottingham Forest. Now, I wonder what made him do that. Was it because he likes to get excited about relegation fights? Or might it have something to do with money? I'm not certain. But uh, he, he appears to have settled for a season of attrition it, with it, Nottingham Forest. It may be something as simple as just being offered. First team football, perhaps? I don't guarantee. That, no. Do you think West Ham wouldn't have done that after all the goals he scored down there on, on loan? He was guaranteed first team football then. It might have something to do with how many O's are on the back of the cheque. Um, but there we are. Uh, um, hey, listen, if, if he's yesterday's news as far as I'm concerned with Newcastle United, I'm anxious that we keep him very quiet on Saturday because I don't want him having a he's big He's a quality player, isn't he? When you look at just There's football no abilities, he's, he's a quality player. There's no player. question about that, but let's go out and get a quality player that actually wants to play for us. Uh, then a quality player that doesn't. It's funny, isn't it? Because had he arrived and pulled on the black and white shirt, everyone would have been absolutely buzzing. The fact that Newcastle seemingly pulled away from it and said, no, no, He's gone to Forest. He's now the villain. He's the villain on Saturday and people are, you know, hoping that he doesn't spoil the party. Because, because to a certain extent, he could have joined us last season. He was supposed to be passionate to do so. He didn't happen. And then what makes you a villain is if fans get the suspicion, fans who love, you know, the shirt and the badge and all that sort of thing, get the, the thought that a young man who used to be at Manchester United and wants to get back in the England squad, preferably in time for guitar signs for a team that's going to, in theory, could struggle because history tells us every side that comes up, you know, you look at Fulham, you look at Norwich, you look at all of them, they struggle not to go straight back down in the first season here. And if he's settling for a season of that rather than a season of more ambition, either at Newcastle or at West Ham, fans will tend to sort of, uh, you know, I mean... Nottingham Forest are due to play West Ham shortly and West Ham are busy doing fake fivers to the fans to throw on the pitch when Lingard comes out. I mean, so you get sarcasm amongst fans. Now, I'm not saying that that is the truth of the matter or the bottom line of the matter because only Jesse will know. But, you know, he's yesterday's man as far as we're concerned. After five o'clock on Saturday, I'm not interested in Jesse Lingard. I'm interested in keeping him quiet between three and five, and then that's it. You've been in the game long enough to know that things like Jesse Lingard scoring the winner on Saturday sometimes do tend to happen. Do you fear the footballing gods will be looking it, down and not in Newcastle's favour? It often happens, especially to Newcastle. 
But I'm not going into this season with any fear because I'm sick of fear. I've lived with fear for so long. I only look like this. I'm only 23, you know. I look <laughs> like this because I support Newcastle United. Uh, and I'm not going in with any fear. We will not get a better opportunity to win on the first day than Nottingham Forest at home. And whether they've got Jesse Lingard or not, if we look at every side that's about to come up here, I mean, Manchester City are coming up here shortly. They've got one or two players who are better than Jesse Lingard. So we can't get, we can't fear Jesse Lingard or fear Nottingham Forest. We're in a bad old state if we do. On playing at St James's Park, obviously Newcastle became much more of the fortress that we'd grown to love under Keegan and under Sir Bobby Robson. Mm. How important is it, John, to keep that momentum going? I know we've had the breaks, so it's a little bit more difficult to do, but to keep Newcastle as a place where opposition teams fear and opposition teams know Absolutely. that they come, they, they are more than likely, fingers crossed, going to face a, a tough game and lose, hopefully. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, when you're a side that's not an automatic top two side, which is Manchester City and Liverpool, then the basis of your good season almost inevitably is your home record. That's where you're invincible or as close to it as you can be. And then you pick up things away from home that make the difference. But your home record's got to be good. Newcastle, in the past, have lived off, off their, their home record when they last won things in the, the, the when they won the European Fairs Cup. The whole of that team in the league, and not just in Europe, but in Europe as well, was built on their near invincibility at home. Um, it is very important. And our fixture list, once you look beyond Nottingham Forest until the end of August, is not that easy. So, you know, you take three points straight away, you're on the front foot, you're optimistic, you're in a good mood, you carry on. If you don't do that on the first day, if you draw, or heaven forbid, you lost to Forest, how do you go into the rest of the month where you've got Liverpool and Manchester City to come? You must get off and take advantage of what the computer's given you, which is a home match against a newly promoted club. But equally, and sorry to sound slightly pessimistic, because it's actually, I think, a backhanded optimistic point here. If Newcastle do slip up against Forest, it's important not to press the panic button, not for the, the hierarchy to suddenly dive in and try and sign everybody going, not for the fans to kick off on Twitter or social media and, you know, what's happening? It's important just to take it in isolation. That's one game. If Newcastle, for whatever reason, do slip up against Forest, it's not the end of the world. There'll be other games and, and it's not it's the end of the world, but together. the world isn't as nice as it looked uh, at uh, 10 to 3 on Saturday. You, you, you've got to think positively. I'm not going to think. If we lose or draw against Nottingham Forest, it's not the end of the world. I'm sick of thinking like that. That's We've been sold. When last season was sold, it's not the end of the world for 14 games. And it should have been the end of the world. The fact that it wasn't the end of the world in the end was because we've got new owners and new manager, but it would have been the end of the world any other way. No, I'm going into the match realistic, uh, but expecting us to win, wanting us to win, and thinking of nothing else but winning. We will think again when that game's gone, if there's a need to. And of course you don't press the panic button after in our and a half's football in a new season. Nobody's suggesting that whatsoever. But you don't contemplate anything but a win 
It's going to be hard. Forest won't come and lie down. Cooper will have them well organised, etc., etc., etc. They've tried to buy their safety. They're not the first club to try to buy their safety. Fulham spent about £150 million when when they did one of their yo-yo acts and come up, and that, that very season went down. Aston Villa spent about the same amount and only stayed up on the final day of the season. You can't buy safety. It's not as as easy as buying a team off the shelf and saying, right, there you are, we've bought 12 players, we've been brave, now we're going to be safe. It It isn't as easy as that. And if a, if a club tries to do, I'd be more worried about a good club that come up and kept the side that, that won them promotion. Forrest couldn't because there's a lot of them on loan. But kept that side together and played us. Because they're on a roll, they're, ooh, ooh, this can be difficult. Trying to put a testimonial side together, if the best players possible, plucked from throughout Europe, and expect on the first day everybody... They'll be virtually shaking hands with each other before the kick-off and introducing themselves to each other before they go out and play for Forest. And they're supposed to know everybody's tricks, everybody where they want the ball laid, etc., etc. No, let us cash in before to get into some sort of rhythm and some sort of stride. Before I get your views on, on how Eddie Howe might line up his Newcastle United mm. squad, just a message to our listeners to remember to please like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple or Spotify, you can leave us a rating or review. So go to the podcast channel and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see the opportunity to leave us a rating and review. Just uh, pop in your thoughts there. We always like to see the feedback. And also share the podcast if you get the chance. On most of your podcast apps, you'll probably see three dots. If you click that, there'll be an option to copy the link or share the episode. Pop that onto social media. Pop that into your family WhatsApp groups of your Newcastle United supporting friends and family and get the pod shared around. We really do appreciate it. Um, John, I was going to get your views on how Eddie Howe will line up, but we'll dive into a couple more comments mm-hmm. from our listeners. Uh, Alex Banks says he's really looking forward to seeing Zven Botman and the new and improved Miggy Almiron. We'll get on to Miggy in just a moment. Uh, we've got a question here from Rob, who seems slightly concerned about the forward line. So he says, John, should we not be more worried that no attacking reinforcements have come in? People keep saying if Wilson is fit, we will be okay, but he's not yet had a full season with us. Well, that's absolutely right. That is the worry. And I, I think I said at the top of this programme that if the transfer window was closing at three o'clock Saturday when we kick off, I would feel uneasy about the business done in the transfer window this summer. We've got three players in, but it's a goalkeeper, a centre-half and a left-back. Now, you've got to address the defence. And if you go back 12 months, our defence was absolutely dreadful and leaked goals en masse. Uh, So that had to be looked at and has been looked at. Bruno's added a, a huge dollop of optimism in the middle of the park and going forward. But if we are frail anyway, we're frail in forward positions. Uh, attacking midfield out on the flanks and centre forward because Wilson's not going to play 38 games in the Premier League this season so yes I would be very uneasy if this is our squad for the season looking ahead then I hasten to add very uneasy but I'm not talking about anything like a relegation fight I'm talking about you know finishing 11th or finishing 7th or 8th 
that's the difference the rest then this next month will produce for me which of those is the case i'm i'm only reining in my enthusiasm i'm not suggesting we're in trouble because we're not but we want to be better than not in trouble i do think newcastle will still manage to get a strike even if it is on loan i think it's going to be really busy end to the window looking ahead to that start on 11 then on saturday i've written down my uh my first team here i'd go with nick pope trippier botman burn target joe linson longstaff bruno miggy wilson and st maxman i think john the number one debate who's going to be number one nick pope's come out this week had a, a sit down interview with the athletic and he once again said i've not asked for any assurances they've not been given i'm here just to battle but for me, he's going to be number one. He is an upgrade on Dubravka ever so slightly because Dubravka is a top quality goalkeeper. But I do think he's a better goalkeeper. Um, and I think he will be Eddie Howe's number one. Yeah, I mean, he had to say what he said to the Athletic. You can't come out and Eddie Howe wouldn't allow him to come out and say, I, I only <laughs> It's written into my contract. I only signed for Newcastle because I knew I'd be number one and he's got Dubravka knocking on Eddie Howe's door before the, the pain's dry. Um, no, but, but Pope deep down inside will believe that he is going to be number one from conversations he's had. Otherwise, just before guitar, when he's trying to get on that plane to the World Cup... He's not going to get on the plane by sitting on the Newcastle bench as a cover keeper between now and the World Cup, is he? So, you know, he would expect to be number one and I would expect him to start. Dubrovka will have a, a go at it because he's a proud man and he's been... But, I mean, it's wonderful, isn't it? We're in this situation where this is why we need somebody pushing Wilson because Dubrovka was the number one goalkeeper for Youngs. All of a sudden, no, you're not. You've got an England goalkeeper here now. Byrne was an absolute standout left-sided centre-half for us, second half of last season. The only one we had, first name on the team sheet. No, we've got got another left-sided centre-half now as well. So there's competition in every position for everybody, and that's the way it should be. Well, that's the next question, is is the centre-back pairing. Yeah, because what you said, taking my team, Pope, Trippier and Target look after themselves at the back. They will be three starters for me. You've then got what is going to be the pairing in the centre of defence. And you've gone for Botman and Burn. Burn. Uh, and I, I remember writing an article in my column literally before Botman signed, but when it was obvious he was going to, saying, um, why can't two left-sided predominantly left-sided players partner each other at Newcastle because so often two right-footed players partner each other. So what's the difference if it's two left-footed? They have, Botman can play off the right foot, etc., etc. Um, so And that would be the pairing. So I, I made a case for them being paired together. That is the pairing that all the fans want because they, 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 they love Botman and they've loved Burn from last season. I've just got a feeling that there's the possibility that uh, Eddie would look at the balance of the two centre-offs and go for Sean Botman. There's also the possibility, because I'm playing the devil's advocate and having a bit of fun here because it gives us something to talk about, would he ever consider, and I'm not suggesting he will, 
doing with Botman what he did with Bruno as well, a foreign player. I was just going to mention Botman that. And on the bench and play Shaw with Byrne mm. and let Botman come into the side in the way Bruno came into the side after he signed. Because when players have gone straight in the side, they've been Premier League hardened. And I know Trippier wasn't out of La Liga, but he had been at Spurs, etc. And so one of the things that hasn't been greatly mentioned is, is it going to be Botman and Byrne or is it going to be Shaw and Botman? But there is the possibility that Eddie will say, let's put him on the bench and stick with the two guys that did the good job last season and then introduce Botman as time goes on. Well, those guys who were listening to Monday's episode with Aaron Stokes, he put that theory forward that he felt Botman wouldn't be starting on Saturday and he would it could well get be. eased in. But a lot of people in the comments and I, I said this Taron as well, I think, you know, it's a totally different scenario to what Bruno found himself in. You know, Botman's had pre-season, he's had time to work with all the players potentially he'd oh, be lining I mean, up I with. think I am just playing devil's advocate. I, I would like I would think Botman will start. Mm. It's it's whether he starts on the right or the left. It's interesting though because I think I think the cells might I've got a sneaky feeling that the cells actually might start alongside Botman. He wouldn't be my choice, but I just got I've got a, a little feeling well, that I haven't got that sneaky no. feeling whatsoever. Uh, and I certainly hope not. And that's not having a go at Lascelles, but if the centre-half choices we've got, I would like to see it two from three between Botman, Byrne and Shaw. And one to keep an eye on. As we mentioned there, target will undoubtedly start at left-back. Yes. We go into the midfield. I don't think there's any point in having a debate about Joe Linton or Bruno because if they, they start, automatic. it's the other position. For me, obviously, John Joshari looks set to miss this game. Oh, he'll miss more than this game. With the injuries got, he'll miss more than this game. And for me, that's cleared up the whole uh, debate because the debate would have been for me, I'm just talking about for me, Andrew, would have been whether it was Longstaff or Shelby. I think he would have started position. Shelby. I think he would have started. I have gone on record as saying that, that because of the faith he's got in Shelby. I think he'll go for Longstaff ahead of Willick in this. It will make a slight change in the way Newcastle play the three playing midfield, and it always involves Bruno. If Willick had started, or if Willick does start, he's got to push on into the box because that's his strength. Then you'd have Bruno sitting in the Shelby role. Uh, but if these three start, Longstaff can sit in that position and Bruno can push on as a goal threat, which he proved he could do last season and did brilliantly. Well, there's one name we haven't mentioned, and it's one name Elliot that a lot Anderson. of people... Yeah. A lot of people would like to see him start on, on Saturday and that probably would require Bruno to drop into that deeper role and Anderson to, to start it would, a little bit ahead it would, of him. It would, it um, would. Too soon for him, do you think? I, I, I'm a very much an Elliot Anderson fan. Um, I'm a good pal of his granddad, uh, but that's not the reason. The reason I'm a fan is because he can play and I think he's got a huge future at Newcastle. I don't think the manager will start him. Um I think he's already changed the manager's mind in as much as I think he will be part of the squad. He doesn't have to be part of the 25, by the way, because age-wise and homegrown, he ducks under that barrier. But I think he'll be benched and could well come on if needed. But I don't think he'll start. I think Longstaff will start. Do you think he'll go out on loan then? To no, a I think, he'll, think stay. he'll stay. And I, and I hope he stays because I think... He's ready to stay and he wants to stay. Does he and get more 
then out of because my fear would be that if he's not playing week in week out that stunts his development but does does he get more do you think out of working with Eddie Howe week in week I, out than yes, he does playing first been on, on loan to a League 2 side for example and I know it would be a championship side or a Scottish Premier League side probably but I think he gets more and we've got to remember now that there's five subs can be used this year so that his possibility of getting on during games has increased I would like him to stay and I would like to see him liberally used to start with as a sub uh, and developed within the context of this squad rather than go out on, on loan. He was always above League 2 class, you know. That's why he was such a sensation for Barton. He was playing way beneath his class when he went to Bristol Rovers. Looking ahead, then the forward line, Anse Maxman pretty much guaranteed to start. Callum Wilson as well, who's looked sharp during pre-season. It's on the other flank where you do have a bit of a dilemma. Is it Ryan Fraser? Is it Miguel Almiron? Is it maybe even Matt Ritchie, Jacob Murphy as well? For me, I think I think you've got to start Miguel Almiron because of the form he's shown during preseason. I can't I, I think I, I think he likes Fraser more than Almiron in terms of talent, ability, what Fraser can do, that relationship between Fraser and Wilson. But I think based on how well Miggy's performed in preseason, for me he starts on Saturday. Oh, I think he will start on Saturday. I mean, before we played preseason friendlies, I would have started with Fraser wide uh, but Miggy's gone in the pre-season friendlies he's scored goals he's played well I know I've always got the criteria of saying well it's just pre-season which is all about getting fit and yes it is uh, it's amazing how many players look good in testimonials in pre-season matches and don't look so good when they, when it is really time the chips are down but you think of what Almirin did at the end of last season when he rescued his career a little bit at St James's uh, and the confidence that gave him, the confidence his goals given him. And I think he's quite, he would be quite fragile of mind. And I think if he didn't start on Saturday, it would hit him like a sledgehammer. I think it would really hit him like a sledgehammer and have an impact on him and where he's gone. I will reiterate... He was is my Almiron on the right, Wilson Maxi on the left. He's my starter, but I still say what I've said all the way. This is his make or break season. It doesn't matter what he's done pre season, he's gotta do it in the Premier League consistently, as Maxi's gotta be consistent. He's gonna start and he's gonna score. Almiron will get a goal on Saturday. Now does he come back on, on corners? He's not gonna score an own goal, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to score a goal for Newcastle United in the right end. And by the way, if he does, I will be absolutely elated. It doesn't matter if it's a sixth one or it's the only goal of the match. I will be absolutely totally elated. And then I will say to you afterwards, good start. The man's got to be consistent or he's got no future at Newcastle. He won't cement his future at Newcastle by scoring one goal on the opening day. He'll cement his future at Newcastle that by January will not be wanting anybody to play on the right wing bar him. That's the only way he'll cement his future at Newcastle. And that is still to do after three and a half years. So let's not get too carried away by Miggy Almirin so far. He has had tattooed over his forehead promise for so long that that's got to be replaced by finished article. And I know that you need a big forehead to tattoo that on it, but that's what he's got to become. And you can go... 
uh, and say the same thing on the other flank about Miggy Almiron in terms of consistency because uh, uh, he's been here a while now. Max, uh, uh, Max, yeah, Max, yes. yeah. Maxie, you, you can say the same thing about consistency and the length of time he's already here and transferring promise into fruition. Um, though Maxi has a lot more about him than Miggy. But uh, yes, Miggy should start on, on Saturday in my book. He is won the right to start ahead of Fraser. And it's like we planned that little segue because the final episode of our mini-series Let's Talk About was all about Alan St. Maxman and what the future holds for him at Newcastle. Now. Absolutely. Now right. this is a massive season, so do scroll down and listen to that if you've not already. A feisty debate as usual um, on our Let's Talk About mini-series. Well, this has been the first Pre, uh, first pre the first season preview of the 2022-23 campaign and just like last season we are going to get not score predictions because we don't like that very much because that is just you it's know, just flip a, a gamble coin. lad isn't it but what we are going to do as usual we're going to get a prediction on, on how the game will go in terms of win draw or loss so yeah. how are Newcastle going to start without question win A they've got to and B they will do. There we go. As simple as that. It is. And it, gonna... it's it's more difficult to do. But let's put it this way: if they don't beat Nottingham Forest at home, who will they beat? They will beat. You're starting Forest to sound like home. last season, John, before Eddie Howe came in. Positive vibes. No, that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. It, it we are going to no, not at all. I mean it the exact opposite way. I mean, you can't get a better start to the season than this, and therefore we will win, and we have to win, and we will win. I'm being totally positive and not saying the other thing, like, what if we don't? There isn't a what if we don't. Because this we're going to win. Because we're going to win. Uh, this isn't the 14 matches without a win of last season. This is very how Amanda Stavely show, and... Uh, a real opportunity, and I'm not having a go at Nottingham Forest. I'm really not. If Nottingham Forest stay up this season, they'll be terrific. Just ask Norwich City and Fulham, who bounce up and down like a ball. If if they stay up, as Brentford did last season, Nottingham Forest will have done terrific. In this, they've got an outstanding coach, and I wish them all the best after Saturday. There we go. I'm going to go for a win as well, and I'm going to list down every prediction we do and we'll see who is top come the end of the season of course we'll see when you castle out the end of the season hopefully to top 10 finish i'm also going to pop into the description of the podcast a link to some fan to a fantasy football league so just get involved in that it's just for fun there's a there's quite a few people already signed up to the league and like i said just a bit of fun um ahead of this new season Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and do head over to chroniclive.co.uk where we'll be bringing you live coverage of Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest through our live blog. Of course, it's not on TV, so if you do want to catch it live, head over to our website on Saturday. Coverage will start from around about midday and we'll bring you every kick of the ball, all the best post-game, pre-game analysis, opinion and coverage that you need to follow Newcastle United this season starting on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your week.